space. What endless mystery. Look at it. Wow. Who do dare uncover its secrets? The brave crew of the starship Cavalier do dare to scout the heavens, to see some moons, to take a dangerous galaxy trip. This is the true story of them that voyage among, oh, these, those stars of space. Tonight's episode is Bovine Alley, starring Branson Reese as Klaus Kitsky, Christopher Hastings as Dr. Dewey, Tim Platt as Trey Bien, and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. Log space date two three nine four eight five two dot Z. Well, I've gone and done it again. That's right, another deviated septum expertly repaired by Dr. Thomas Dewey. It's my <laughs> third this week. If I were bowling, which I love, I'd call it a turkey. That is, if you were allowed to spend a week on one game of bowling. I wish you could. I love bowling. <laughs> So my fellow crewmates have intimated that I take a lot of breaks from ear, nose, and throating. But they sing a different tune when those septums need undeviating. So if you say, oh, today should be another perfectly normal day of work aboard the CSS Cavalier. Maybe after work I can go bone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we open on a montage of Dr. Dewey doing excellent work consulting with patients putting that little light in all the little holes of the face and respecting his colleagues. We fade now to the bowling alley of the CSS Cavalier. <laughs> As a starship, space is limited, so the ship's bowling alley only has 18 lanes. It's a quiet night, and most of the lanes are empty. Gene Lime and Marvin Blonde play in a heated match against Gil Meyer and Rip Van Winkle over in lane two, but we pan instead to lane 13, where Dr. Thomas Dewey plays a game with the ship's translator, Trey Bien. As part of a work release program, ship's soldier and legendary war criminal Klaus Kitsky polishes balls. <laughs> Dr. Dewey is hitting spare after spare. Not a single strike, many spares. Dr. Dewey is a slightly older man with what I like to call the Dr. Wiley haircut, which is a shiny bald dome with wild shocks of gray hair thrust out from the sides of his head. He wears a lab coat over an offensively patterned Hawaiian shirt, khaki shorts, and has a saber buckled to his belt. Ah, another time I got all of the pins with two tries instead of one. It's good, but it's not great. Hey, 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 it's me, Trey Bien. I'm the ship's translator. 
I look like I'm a human being in my early 50s, but in fact, I am uh, from a race of aliens called the Kleepies, who look just like humans but have green hair. That's right, me, Trey Bien, one of the Kleepies. Now, I used to be a really well-respected translator, and I'm still pretty well-respected, but the thing is, technology these days has little use for a man who made his translation uh, skill through the old-fashioned way, learning. But here, I am, getting spare, strike, spare, strike. Not so bad for a bowling alley weekday. Trebian's here, and he's ready to translate. Should anyone need him? I was big enough to bowl the balls. And you see now uh, Klaus Kitsky, a tiny little, uh, probably two and a half, three foot tall. He's one Dodger sized uh, little alien. He's sort of a uh, an orangey blonde, little mammalian creature, somewhere between a fox and a coyote. He has a long fox tail with hand on the end. He's got an extra hand. Uh, he's dressed old, in an old fashioned uh, cavalier uniform. It looks almost like Napoleonic. Uh, he wears a Napoleon hat. Um, he's he's got a wild look in his eyes, and he's polishing the ball. But the balls are about the same size as him. About half of him. Britain. Yes. I know what you mean, but for the listeners, can you give me a little more info in, into what Dodger-sized means? Oh, yeah. Uh, the size of one uh, delightful little dog from Puerto Rico. Uh, <laughs> just a, a little 17-pounder. Yeah, he stands great. on his stands yes. on his hind legs. He's a skittering from Skittering Nine, one of the one of the many moons of the gas giant Skittering. Uh, maybe I said seven in another. I think it was a prime number. But the thing about the <laughs> Skittering moons, it's easy to get from one to another. They all touch. <laughs> so you can just jump from one to another. So it's a, it's not a big deal, you know. It's like from DC yeah. or from Baltimore. Yeah. Who cares? You know, they touch. So he's from one of the Skittering moons, and he's polishing uh, one of the balls like the Jesus from the Big Lebowski. Ah, only, if only one day I was big enough to bowl the balls. Klaus, if you'd like, I'd be happy to pick you up in my arms and, and you could hold the ball and, and then um, I'd be carrying most of the weight and then you could release it at the appointed time and we'll give you points. I'm not a baby. I'm not a child. I'm a full-grown skittering. I'm an adult. I'm four years old. <laughs> and I would be, I should be treated as one. I do not need your pity. I do not need your compassion. I, and then I look out, there's there's no windows in this bowling alley, but I look out, there's like a painting of space because it's like co- cosmic bowling. Yeah. Um, the Cavalier, of course, is just re- regular bowling. So yeah. I just look out at the, the regular bowling mural painted on the wall. And I say, Klaus is alone in the world. Alone in all of the great vastness of space. Well, Klaus, you know, there actually is something we can do for people who, uh, aren't the correct size for bowling. You see, if you simply go up to the counter, they can give you a gun. Now, a gun is something that, uh, <laughs> a gun is not a ball. Those got tiny balls within it, and using that gun, you can shoot down every single pen you like. Though, since it's bowling, you only get one shot per turn. Yes, you can play the children's gun version of bowling. I look around, my eyes dart back and forth suspiciously. I say, all right, I'll play your little game. I'll go to the counter and try to get a gun. You go to the counter where ship's bowling attendant Ajax Grime works. <laughs> Surrounding him on the far walls are lots of signs saying things like, try candle pin bowling, candle pin bowling, <laughs> easy for smaller species, candle pin bowling, it's what's new. And a very small sign that says, bowling gun also available. You there, 
teenager with a soul patch. Yeah. I want one gun. All right. Uh, yeah, you just have to, like, sign this that says you won't shoot anyone with it. Certainly. And I, I take the paper and I scan it very quickly to see if there's uh -huh. any box you have to check for war criminal. There, There is. There is? Ah, I thought this place was cool. I, I you know, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm sad. Yeah, yeah. I check, uh, uh, I check the war criminal box. Yeah. All right, that'll be good. I pass the paper back to him. Great. Ajax looks at the paper and sees that you checked the box and he's, he's sort of like... You know, you you could have just not you could have just not checked it. That is where you are wrong. There is a code of ethics, a code of morality that binds me. And sure, this code of ethics led to me becoming a war criminal, but I will not turn my back on it now. I am Klaus okay, Kitsky. Okay, okay, I okay, okay. All right, all right. I don't. Okay, okay. I just. All right. And I ring the little bell. I say, "Give me the gun! Give me the gun! Give me the gun!" <laughs> you need to sign because you, you're a war criminal. You got to sign this other form too. Ugh. This says, like, you're doubly promised you're not going to shoot anyone with the gun. Always with the paperwork. And I, I look it over, and it says, it says, I won't shoot anyone with the gun. I yeah. promise. And I sign my name. K. Period. K. Klaus Kitsky. All right, dude. Uh, here's here's a gun. He hands you the gun. <laughs> and I take the gun. The gun's, like, as big as me. And I go I go skittering back to lane 13. Dr. Dewey, don't worry. Trey Bien's played this game a million times before. Everyone's always eager for the gun because of its accuracy and power. But even if you get a few pins down, you don't have the range. It doesn't create the wide propulsion needed to knock down all the pins. It's an easy trap to get someone to play with you who just can't win. And I run back to the lane holding the gun. The gun's <laughs> as big as me. And I'm just, I'm hugging it. My fingers are trembling around the trigger of it. And I aim, I say, is it my turn? Sure, Klaus. Go ahead. All right, let's open her up and clean her out. And I'm going to fire at the uh, the bowling pins. Klaus, make a laser's roll. You got it. Oh, I succeeded. Klaus, you get a strike. Oh, that's right. I incinerate all of the bowling pins. The bowling pin shoes are left. All 10 <laughs> pairs of shoes with smoke coming out from the top of them. I did it! Oh, something inside of me is being awakened. A little video plays on the screen above you of, like, a bowling ball <laughs> attending the funeral of a bunch of pins. <laughs> I shoot the screen as well. The screen explodes. <laughs> I'm Klaus Kitsky! From over at the desk, you hear, Hey, don't do that. No, you meant besides the paperwork that said I wouldn't kill any person, any living thing. Those are just computer-generated images of bowling pins. I... And as you can tell, there's a corner of the screen left. I left one bowling pin alive to tell the story to others, to spread the legend of Klaus Kitsky. Man, I just got to clean up. All right, what's well, in clean up? No, it's like, come on, dude. You are at work. You clean up. I am at work. I blow things up. Okay. All right, dude. All right. It is called labor solidarity. You do your job. I do mine. Dr. Dewey, I'm... Sorry, I did not know this would happen, and I really thought we'd get one over our old pal Klaus. Klaus, you did a great job, and hey, me, Trey Bien, it's not hard for me to, to congratulate someone for doing a good job. And I'm going to run up Trey Bien's shirt, and I'm going to, like, look him square in the face. I'm, like, sort of standing, like, on his lapel, and I'm, like, looking him square in the eye. I say, there's, like, a wild look in my eye. <gasps> Nobody gets one over on Klaus Kitsky. Maybe before, when I was in the brig, maybe before, when they did not have a cool bowling gun, but now... I am as God. I am as God on the earth. I have a bowling gun and I cannot be stopped. Trebian bites him on the nose. <gasps> I drop the gun. All of my nerve endings are in my nose. 
like a skateboard. I kick up the gun uh, so that its uh, handle is now in my hand. I lift it over his head. I look at Ajax Grime and toss the gun back to him. <laughs> Thank you, Trey Bien. No problem. Klaus, I don't got shit to do around here anymore. <laughs> so mostly, I just make good with the staff, okay? <sighs> I'm breathing heavily and the sense sort of returns to my eyes. I look around and say, what happened? I get that all of you adventuring types who are always going on your little missions like to do devil may care shit at whatever devil may care time you want. But for those of us on the ship who have to keep cool and do our jobs, or in my case, do no job at all these days, we like to make sure everyone acts cool as a cucumber. No, I mean, my, my question was, was sincere. What happened? The last I remembered, I was signing a little box saying I will not do war crimes. And you didn't. Congratulations. <laughs> Okay, okay, good. Okay, good. Good job, Klaus. Good job. Well, it seems like the game is over. No more pins are coming back, and there's a big mess here that the staff has to clean up. To me, it means only fun thing. Time for nachos. Bowling alley nachos. Oh, man. Dr. Dewey, yeah. Trebian is down with some nachos stat. That's S-T-A-T. Unfortunately for Dr. Dewey and Trebian. Don't you dare. God damn it. No. I'm so sorry, doctor. Those nachos, why... They'll have to wait. Why? Trebian, let me tell you. Because you and listeners may wonder why, across all these many episodes, we have never ventured to the ship's bowling alley. Yeah? At this point, more intelligent listeners may chime in and volunteer that up until now, nothing compelling has happened in the bowling alley. Okay. They would be wrong. Mitzi and Grumda had a wild adventure here just last week. But that's not the story we're telling. We're telling this one. The one where the ship is rocked as the lights strobe. Several of the lights burn out as sparks rain down. You're all thrown like bowling balls down an alley. But instead of striking pins, you strike the cold floor of a starship. I've been thrown like a bowling ball down an alley, but instead of striking pins, I've struck the cold floor of the spaceship. (laughs) What gives? I've been knocked down like a pin, struck by a bowling ball sliding around the greased ground. Ah, I fall like a man. (laughs) As you collect yourselves, you notice that Ajax Grime and Gene and Marvin and Gelmer and Rip are all gone. (gasps) Ah, There's Gene! But you aren't alone, Klaus. No. In their place, you see, over by lane two, four large blue animals. They're alien to you, with squat round faces and thick hooved feet, but they look distinctly like livestock. One of them appears to be very sleepy. Is that? Uh, Dr. Dewey starts to walk over. He's like, like very poking his head around, like being like, but is this? I can't, is it, was that them? Was there a transformation? A teleportation? What has happened to Gene Lime? Wait, everyone, new creatures that none of us have seen before? Maybe it's time for Trey Bien to stick it to the man and do that craft that only he can do. And now, I speak. Trebian, make a feelings roll. It's a game of chance. I got a six! But unfortunately... It's a pyrrhic victory because despite all of your attempts at translation, this creature only looks at you and says with unintelligent eyes, 
Med. Trekon. Trebian, what are they saying? Uh, I assume that you know what language they... You instantly started shouting a strange space French at them. I assume you know <laughs> what language they speak. What are they saying? Um, it might be a different dialect. Let, let me try this. Uh, un, deux, trois, et me prête, et de prête à manger, et de au bon pain, et de au bon pain, et de bras away, et de au bon pain, et fourth, <laughs> et fourth, West Fourth Street, et de au bon pain, et Grand Central Station. <laughs> I turned to do, I like elbow do, I go, he's counting the au bon pains in Manhattan. <laughs> Mass is the universal language between all cultures. Yes. Everyone knows instinctively how many enbonpons there are in Grand Central Station. Perhaps these blue cattle want a cold sandwich. Dr. Dewey whips out his tritium medical scanner. Ooh. Yeah. And waves it over these blue livestockian creatures. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's, let's just get some basics down here, and then maybe we can find out um, what caused these creatures to be here and what caused our colleagues to go away. Perhaps more related than I'd be comfortable with. Great. Uh, do we make a laser's roll? Uh, failed. I got a five. Dewey, as best you can tell, these are, you know, something akin to cows. They seem kind of like alien cows. Just another one of these fucking relatives to Earth cattle. There's so many of them. Well, I suppose we'll just have to take them over to the food replicators in the kitchen and put them to work, if you know what I mean. And then we, once we have a couple of good old hamburgers with the boys, we can find out what happened to the five missing sentient beings. So you're saying these creatures can't even use speech. Well, that makes sense. I can translate any language in the galaxy. Wait, hold on. I am not convinced. And I'm going to walk up to the biggest of the blue aliens. Yeah. I'm going to crawl up and I'm going to I'm gonna look it dead in the eye. You know, because if they're truly like cattle, they're going to have eyes on either side of their head, right? So I'm going to go mm-hmm. over to like the side of one and I'm going to point to one. And I say, Gene, Gene Lime, are you in there? What have they done to you? Gene, if you truly are Gene Lime, stop your hoof two times. Uh, Klaus, can you make a feelings roll? I can. That was a failure. That was a one. I couldn't have fucked it up harder. Klaus, nothing happens. Okay. All right. It's not, it's not Gene Lime. It's safe to kill and eat this thing. All right. Well, <clears throat> why don't we call up to the kitchen and see if they're ready for a little import. And, um... Dr. Dewey marches, uh, reaches over the, um, the counter, uh, where all the bowling shoes are and taps the, the comms. Mm-hmm. This is Dr. Dewey to the ship's kitchen. There's no answer. Okay. Well, I hate to march it up the chain of command, but, uh, here we go. Dr. Dewey to the bridge. You hear over the comms. Aww. Hello. Well, boys, the mystery deepens. I think there's more of these blue cows on the ship. I would even go so far as to make the assumption they've replaced every single soul on board this craft. Then why us three? Why have we not been transformed into one of these creatures ourselves? It must have happened at the exact moment when Klaus Kitsky got that strike and we all proved 
that each one of us was very good at bowling, which whatever force has done this values. Or I'm leaping to conclusions again. I can't talk. I do it fairly often. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Dewey, that's pretty far-fetched. <laughs> Fetch this. And Dewey gestures for him to march out of that bowling alley. Come on, boys. We're going on an adventure. We're going to find out what's happening. Wait, before we go. Eh? I need both of your approval. I want to retrieve the bowling gun. I am defenseless. I am a, a small, tiny, defenseless war criminal. I just need to get the bowling gun so I can defend myself. We might be in hot water here. Yes, I think you should. If you are unarmed, you should become so. Uh, and then Dr. Dewey uh, pulls out his saber and taps Klaus Kitsky on each shoulder and says, I dub thee worthy of a weapon. All right, hot dub, yahoo, and I'm going to scurry, scurry away um, over the counter. And I use like little tiny like bowling pins and shoes just start flying up over the counter. You can't see what I'm doing back there. Uh, but just like hair gel flies up. Some nachos fly up. Uh, different size guns, uh, candle pins are flying up. And then finally, I emerge with a crazed look in my eye holding the bowling gun. Yes, finally. I feel whole in this moment. As if I was missing a limb all of this time. Wait, so you're saying that Trey Bien, a translator on a ship that doesn't need translators, <laughs> is finally going on a mission <laughs> with one of the crew? Uh, I need a weapon. And I know exactly the weapon I want. He lifts his foot and steps over the line on that greased hardwood floor and slowly takes another step so he does not slip on the grease. The floor begins to crack. <gasps> He then, he, his, uh, his legs um, start to uh, scurry, scurry, scurry like a cartoon. It's cracking he, uh, even more. It's cracking even more. It's really bad. He, he scurries all the other way to the other side of the, bowl, of the bowling uh, lane, grabs a pin, and scurries all the way back. Uh, I need you to make a lasers roll. Five. That's a failure, because I'm a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tim, I don't know if you know much about the architecture of bowling alleys, but yeah, so underneath this floor is just spikes. Um, so <laughs> Trey okay. Bien is, is going to like take a se pretty seri serious gash to his shin falling on one of these spikes. <sighs> ah, sacre bleu, which is French for not again. Ah, ah, wow. My first wound on the mission. You're still like on the spikes, right? Yeah. I'm going to, okay. I'm going to shout to you and say, Trey Bien, don't worry. I have a hammer, and the whole world is nails. And I'm going to fire the bowling <laughs> gun at the spikes. Um, the spikes catch fire. <laughs> there you go. I've helped you. Now the spikes are on fire, which should further incentivize you to get away from the spikes. Uh, uh, okay, so Trabian is moving as fast as he can, trying to step in between the spikes, and his arms are up as if they are being um, raised uh, by a marionettist as he's trying to move around the spikes to get back to base as fast as possible. Uh, Dr. Dewey uh, stands at the lip of the, the revealed spiky zone with an outreached arm. Quickly! Quickly, Trabian! Uh, Trebian grasps Dr. Dewey's extended arm and pulls himself up. Is this what missions are like with you guys? This is crazy. Sometimes. Looks like you're injured. Uh, this whole thing? Here, I can take care of that, and I aim the bowling gun <laughs> at your bleeding shin. No, 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 Klaus. Klaus. What? No. No. Oh. Klaus? No. 
use that no happens like completely coincidentally that is the actual word for please don't fire a gun at my shin in skittering which he knows yeah <laughs> i understand it I, I lower the gun i say you speak skittering yeah very impressive. <laughs> I aim the gun again at your face. I say, take back what you said about my sister. Oh, and that, I, I, I accept your apology and I put the gun away. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, you know, I'm a doctor if you want me to do something about that. Uh... Yes, please. Ah, English, a language I understand. And uh, Dr. Dewey uh, cracks his knuckles and then pulls out of his lab coat a small sliver of something in, in slim paper wrapping. And he undoes it and he says, here you go. I think this multi-isolinear Vitruvian band-aid should do the trick. And he... Slaps a band-aid on your wound. It covers it mostly. Chris, make a prepared lasers roll. I failed. Oh, prepared. I succeeded. Thank God you have that hard-won medical knowledge because you're able to bandage this wound. Yes. With a bandage that has adhesive on one side. <sighs> Boys, are you sure you need my help here? I'm getting a little nervous. I haven't been of use in a long time. And clearly I'm already a liability. All I got are my brains, my tongue, and he twirls the um, b uh, bowling pin in the air and catches it, and my club. I put the gun away, and I, I look at him. I say, do not talk about yourself like that. Do not disparage yourself. You are the narrative you tell yourself. If you tell yourself you are a failure, you will be a failure. Look at me. I could be a tiny creature, a tiny war criminal who lives in the brig of the ship. Or I could be Klaus Kitsky, the hero of the day who perhaps will be promoted to head of security. I have the skill set. I could do it. And I might be a guy who's smart enough to figure out why there's all these blue clouds. Aww. So which will it be? Which will it be, Trebian? Are you a loser? Are you a loser who has only language? Or are you a winner who has all of the languages in the universe? Trebian is a winner. He tosses that bowling pin in the air and catches it, this time with the other hand. I'm a winner. It would be I'm a winner. I'm a winner. Yeah. It would be I'm a How do I speak English better? It would be I, I Tribian, I'm a winner, not is a winner. No, you're, see, you're, you're miss. There's a cultural thing you're not getting. That's why it's an emotional thing. Oh, I see thing. a cultural thing. How convenient. There's a cultural thing I'm not getting. Oh, I'm sure yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. I'm sure you didn't misspeak. I'm sure there's a cultural thing I've never picked up on before. Yeah, I, I am a winner, is a winner. I will be a winner. No matter what happens, I will be a winner. Okay, language boy, but I'm watching you. Okay, watch me all you want. I'm always happy to pull in a show, Trebian style. Bonjour. You hear the doors to the bowling alley open about 30 feet away from you. Dr. Dewey has already left. Dr. Dewey, this is one of the hardest exits into the hallway you've ever had to take because as soon as you step into the hallway, you see another one of these blue alien cows. But... Something catches your eye about this blue alien cow, for it stands next to a documentarian's film camera. <gasps> oh, that's weird. My wife has one of those. Wait. <laughs> Could it? But then, it's the only one I've ever seen. Oh. And then, oh no. Oh 
Oh, my sweetheart, you've been turned into alien meat beef. Oh, and Dr. Dewey falls to his knees and shudders, weeping. But then he feels one hand on his shoulder. It's the hand of Trebien. Trebien, do you understand? It's the language of love and grief. Of course I do. It is wrong. In that case... Bonjour. Bonjour. It's okay. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Bonjour, Dr. Dewey. Bonjour, Dr. Dewey. Bon. Thank you. Your expert translation has <laughs> soothed this beast of high emotion. All right, I'm motivated to fix this now. So Klaus had stayed behind to fire a few more shots back at the spikes to let them know who's boss. Yeah. Um, he just makes it out. And There's a serious fire in there. Yeah, now. you see, and uh, Klaus is just like silhouetted in flames. Uh, and you see, he's also, he's ushered uh, the other cows out of the bowling alley, which is just like burning. Mm -hmm. um, and he's in the hallway and he says, out of the way, I'll blow that cow to kingdom come. Don't you worry. And I'm, I'm aiming the bowling gun at the, the cow with the document. No, 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 no. No, no, sis, you see, this cow is my spouse. If that, wait, but if that cow is your spouse, and, and I look back at the cow that I had tried to talk to, I go, Gene Lime, we have to solve this problem. We have to solve this problem. I need Gene Lime to be a man again. Klaus, when you look back at Gene Lime, can you make another feelings roll for me? I can. God damn it, that was another failure. Okay, nothing happens. I look back at the cow, I go, that? I mean, I just have to assume from context that that's, that's Gene Lime. It could be any of the four cows that I'm looking at, though. Maybe I just have the wrong cow. Maybe another cow. And I look at another cow. I go, Gene Lime? Make a feelings roll. Got my laser feelings. Do you want to ask me a question? Is that Gene Lime? Klaus, even though this beast seems so alien to you, you do notice something, a, a glimmer in the eyes of this beast. You see... The eyes of a champion. <gasps> that cow? That cow is our ship's Olympian! I know it! I know it from the glimmer! We have to save all of the cows now. We cannot eat them. They are our comrades! They are our colleagues! They are our co-workers! We have to find the source of this. Come with me! Follow me! And I, I run off down the hallway. <gasps> Great, where are you going? I don't know! I don't know! I don't know where oh. this is coming from! But I'm gonna head to the bridge, because I know that's like where all of the, uh... All of the info, all of the, you know, if there's a problem, yeah. usually you got to go to the bridge. So I'm heading for yeah. the bridge. Come on, Dr. Dewey. If you want your spouse to be back, we got to follow Klaus. Uh, Dr. Dewey sort of gives a, he's not quite sure what to do. He he sort of pats the cow that he assumes is his wife on the shoulder. He says, I'm going to save you. Oh, <laughs> uh, there you are. Okay. Okay. I'll be back. I'll be back. Dewey runs to join the others. So I'm at an elevator right now, and I'm just like, I'm pounding in. I'm trying to type in bridge, bridge, bridge. Yeah, yeah. And a, a little checkbox has come up that said, are you a war criminal? <laughs> I'm like, ah, what do I do? What do I do? They're not going to let me go to the bridge. What do I do? What do I do? Oh, here, I'll just push it. No. The hyperlift doors open, but inside, filling the entire hyperlift, why? There's a large blue cow. Okay, whoever you are, you have to, you're, you're going to have to graze um, outside the bowling alley lobby. It doesn't move. I aim the bowling gun at it, and I, I like cock the bowling gun. I say, maybe it's Grumda? Maybe it's expendable? Is what I mean by this? You know, maybe I just blow this one to kingdom come. Just one of the cows. It can't all be Gene Lime. Now, Klaus, 
I trusted you whenever I tapped you as my sword, and when I also vouched for you to push the button to open this elevator door. You signed a form that said you wouldn't shoot people with your bowling gun, and we've discovered all of these cows are actually people. I look in the reflective surface of the uh, the elevator like menu thing, and I see a reflection of myself uh, with a little halo over my head saying, mm. Klaus, remember, <laughs> you don't want to be a war criminal anymore. You are better than that. You are Klaus Kitzki. You are the great hero of Skittering 7 or 9 or 11. The prime numbers, though, we know that for sure. Do not do this. Do not go down this road. And I look into another reflective uh, surface. There's also a, uh, a tiny little mirror for so you can do your makeup before you go into the elevator because you don't yeah, ever know who's going to be of in there. Course. I look into that and I see a, a, a gnarly Klaus Kitzky with Ooh. devil horns saying, okay. Klaus, Klaus, blow him away. You are a war criminal. It's not so bad to be a war criminal. It's not the worst thing in the world. No, no, just do it. Just blow him away. It's not such a big problem. Go on, do it. Do it. Do it. And I look back and say, don't do it. Don't do it. The halo says, don't do it. Don't do it. I look at the other one and says, do it. Do it. Do it. I look at Thomas Dewey. I say, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, listen to what I said. Don't shoot it. Hmm. And that out, the, the, <laughs> I, I look at the, I look at the devil. I go, I say, the votes are in. And the devil shrugs. Like, ah, no, I understand. I'm a functioning democracy. I understand. But I will be back. And they both disappear. And I don't shoot the cow. All right, now help me hoist this thing out of here. And Dr. Dewey uh, manages to crawl around the back of the cow and sort of like plants a foot on the wall and then and shoves his back into the cow, really trying to hoist it. Make a laser's roll. Success. You hoist. All right, get out of here, whoever you are. Slowly, the cow ambles out. Yeah, get ambling. All right, we got a clear elevator? Yeah. Joe, is there any sort of clue as to which person this cow was yeah you see a really dirty wrench on the hyperlift floor <laughs> and you wonder if maybe it's mitzi cool i keep the thought to myself but i do yeah. wonder that yeah not every thought needs to be verbalized all right let's uh let's ride to the bridge you get up to the bridge and i'm sorry to say but it's a lot more blue cows at every station there's a blue cow at the tactical station a big blue cow at the communication station a big blue cow at the cheesesteak nook. Why, there's a big blue cow with one hoof replaced by a golden spatula. <laughs> it's just like bent on the ground under yeah. all the weight. <laughs> and at the science station, why, there's a mass of writhing tiny blue cows. <laughs> Something didn't quite work with that one. <laughs> you also notice on the view screen, you're in range of an alien vessel. It's strange. It has sort of the shape of a bread box, mostly rectangular, but curved on one side. You've never seen anything quite like it. I've sure never seen a bread box before. As a spaceship, Dewey. What? As a spaceship. Okay. I'm going to slam the intercom button and say, You that ship! I, I, I explain yourself! The view screen changes as you hail this alien vessel, Klaus, and in its place, you see two aliens. Again, nothing like you've ever seen before. They appear to be something like giant pears, <laughs> covered in yellow spots with three glowing purple eyes. Ah, uh, hello. It's good to see you. My, uh, my name is Klaus Kitzki. I speak for the CSS Cavalier. What is the meaning of this? They respond to you. Ah, it's useless. We do not share the same language. And I'm going to reach for the button to turn the view screen off permanently.
Oh, whoa. Have we finally done it? Has my thousand-year cryosleep ended and we've arrived at Rigel 7 to find a new home for humanity? No. Our pods opened early. Sorry, dude. I was just a child when mine opened decades ago. Now, <laughs> I'm all grown up. I remember you. Joe, the young sweet child. Gosh. Well, are we close to Rigel 7, humanity's new home? Uh, not quite. Yeah... We won't reach Rachel 7 for another 642 years. My God, I might never live to see that. What have you been doing to pass the time? Well, we've been listening to this podcast called Oh, These, Those Stars of Space. With Allie Fisher? Yeah, it's great. Only, I've listened to all the main feed episodes already. Have you checked out the Patreon feed? Uh, at patreon.com slash oh, these, those stars of space? No. What's there? <laughs> Chris, only a ton of full-length Patreon-exclusive episodes. Real episodes? Like with Liberty Balboa and Dr. Dewey? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> what, do I have to pay like a thousand credits a month to get access to that? No, dude, only five Earth dollars a month. <gasps> well, that's a deal. I only wish I had woken up from that cryopod sooner. <laughs> Yay! Our three heroes never lived to reach Rigel 7, but they died sometime later, happy and fulfilled by many exciting Patreon episodes of Oh These, Those Stars of Space and Oh These, Those Chats of Show, the monthly chat show where they answer patron questions. Join them, won't you? Ah, it's useless. We do not share the same language. And I'm going to reach for the button to turn the view screen off permanently. But instead, your hand is grasped by Trey Bien. <gasps> he pulls you back. <laughs> no, Klaus. <laughs> it's Trey Bien's time to shine. <clears throat> bonjour. Ah, bonjour, et drama, Catatontos de Frete, et de Paris, et de Toscany, et Burgundy, et de Swiss Alps, et de Dontrepa, et de Colosseo, et de Foro, et très bien, this is my decotola, but that Mickey Amol de la Normandie, et de Witty Alpa, de Von Opon, et de Pret-a-Manger. It's, and I'm gonna turn to, uh, to do it. It's brilliant how he always starts with his strange friends, which is mathematically the most spoken language in all of the cosmos. It's always the best chance of communicating. He's scared at what he does. Trebian, I want you to make a feelings roll. Okay. And, but this is your job. So I'll let you make a prepared feelings roll. Okay. Got my laser feelings. Do you want to ask me a question, Trevian? What did the creature say? Fuck, he hacked it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim, uh, Trevian, somehow, something about the syntax, something about the sentence structure, something about the, uh, the inflections and the tones, it all sort of somehow in your beautiful translator's brain it comes together and you hear the sentence 
Greetings. We are surprised to see you aboard this ship. So under the bubble of translation, Trey Bien and these creatures can understand each other. Hey, so my name's Trey Bien. Um, who are you and why are you here? We are called the Forocks. They say they're called the Forocks. The Forocks, do you come in peace? We've noticed upon your arrival, all of our shipmates have turned into these creatures. Ah, uh, yes, it makes sense that you would you would notice that. Okay, so they're saying it makes sense that we would notice that. <laughs> yeah, that, that does make sense, though. Okay, ask them better questions. Can we get them back to their original forms? I must tell you something about our people, the Forocks. I'm listening. We have become victim to a terrible plague. Is that act one of the story or is that, uh, is, that <laughs> is that the conclusion? I'm not done. Okay, yeah, okay, great. The plague has affected our digestive systems. We can only consume a very specific diet or our species will die. So it looks like you're a crewmate? Oh, you figured it out. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to explain more about the situation. Yes, we will need to eat uh, your crewmates. We're very sorry that you were not transformed. This must be difficult news to understand. We will use the transformation ray again, and this will all be over quickly. I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. Right, right. Trebian turns back to his crew. They're going to eat everyone. They're going to eat Gene Lime. They're going to eat your spouse. And then they're going to turn us into these creatures too and eat us as well. Nobody eats Gene Lime except for the soil after his time on this earth is completed. Then, of course, he can die. But he's not, his his race is not yet run. And I'm going to run to the, the weapons deck and I'm going to look at, there's yeah. a big red button that says just like atomized ship in front of you. It, in Klaus's understanding, you know what I mean? Like he just yeah. seems like yeah. this is the big one. And I go to push it and before I do, I catch my reflection in the uh, view screen um, and I see a Klaus with a halo that says, wait Klaus if you push that button Gene Lime will never not be a cow again and then uh, that Klaus is pushed aside by a Klaus with devil horns and says, but if you don't push that button Gene Lime will be eaten as a cow. You must choose. Will Gene Lime live on his days as a cow? He's, he's stuck as a cow. We agree. We, he's, he's just stuck as a cow. That's just going to be how that's going to have to be, okay? So he's stuck as a cow. Do you want him to live a long time as a cow or get eaten? No. You don't want that. You want to kill. kill. You are a killer by nature. Just kill. Kill. And then the, uh, the angel Klaus pushes him out of the way and says, No, Klaus, you are better than that. You are not a war criminal biologically. You are just a war criminal by happenstance. You just happen to do some war crimes. That does not make you a war criminal. Be better than this. Be better. And meanwhile, you guys are just watching Klaus just like, yeah. <laughs> he's just like wrestling himself. It's like, no, yes, no, I must, I must, I must. And his hand is just like trembling and reaching oh closer God. and closer to this button. Oh, no. Uh, Dr. Dewey gently puts his hands on Klaus's shoulders. Yeah, he's very small. He's very easy to control. Yeah, and, and just gently pulls him away and says, there might be something we can do before we have to destroy them in self-defense. And um, Dr. Dewey turns to Tribian and says, could you tell them that I'm a doctor and maybe I can fix their broken bodies so that they can ingest other nutrients to live and then maybe reverse the polarity on the cow ray. Trebian turns back to the Forox. 
We have a doctor, Dr. Dewey, on this ship, and he can make it so that you can eat whatever you want again. You don't have to change innocent creatures into these cattle to consume them. And if you do that, and if we do that for you, will you turn our people back to who they began as and get off our ship and leave us alone? Put it on a t-shirt. Joe, this language sounds exactly like what a big pair would say if it could talk. I see. But at this time, I do not think we require the help of Dr. Dewey. We have used our own doctors who understand our biology and physiology, and they have been unable to determine a cure. Also, we quite enjoy the taste of our diet. Yeah, they're not going to bite. In which case... And I, I'm going to look to to Treby and I say, You tried the carrot, now the stick! Tell them I have a war, I'm a war criminal, and I have weapons trained on their ship right now. Un, deux, trois. You have to tell them I'm a war criminal, by the way. It's like sex offender rules. I have to, every new ship that I interact with, I have to tell them I'm a war criminal. Or it's another war crime. It's so fucked up. Un, deux, trois, uh, Klaus Kitski. We have not heard of Klaus, Klaus Kitski. Uh, uh, he's a war criminal. He's on the ship and he's going to destroy, he's going to take you out. He's killed many, many different alien races before. So, you know, we don't want to have to send him out on you, but we are willing to fight to defend our ship, our amazing ship. What is this killed? Killed? We do not have this word in our language. Guys, they don't understand life or death. When you eat something, you take their ability to be. The living are alive. The living make decisions, choices, actions. The dead are no more. They cannot think. They cannot feel. They cannot live. Oh, you have misunderstanding. I see. This may be an issue of translation. You see, when we eat our delicious creatures, they become part of us. Their nutrients join with us and become part of ourselves. They do not cease. They continue on. They become with the four ox, except the parts that become our waste. <laughs> but don't you see the people who wait? Oh, that's nutrient. Well, no, I mean, they're, yes, their body. Okay, so their body will be used by your nutrients, but their consciousness, the thing that speaks for you and can respond for me, that will never be again. And to us, that is death. Oh, yes. Again, another misunderstanding. That is part of the transformation process. They are very simple creatures now. It is okay. They will not mind. But we mind. Trabian, I think it's time for us all to teach them a little bit about the language of violence. <laughs> Merci, Dr. Dewey. Merci. Trabian, activate! He uh, lifts the pin above his head. Computer, three to teleport upon the alien vessel. Then lock shields at maximum until further message required. Confirm. You would like to teleport to space without exosuits. Wait, no, 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 nine, 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 nine. Did I say it wrong? I never get to play with the teleporter. I don't know the exact language. No, teleporter, teleporter. Send us inside of the ship to a safe part of the ship, but not outside of the ship. Confirmed. Go ahead, computer. Say it back to me. I need to hear you say it. We'll teleport. Three individuals to enemy ship. Bridge. Which three individuals, though? It can't be the cows. Klaus Kitsky. Trey Bien. Cow. 
See, this is why we check. No, it takes the cow. Remove cow. Cow, remove. Remove cow. Cow removed. Add Dr. Thomas Dewey. Confirmed. Okay, now say back the names, and you, I, I, we not, we're not going until you say the names. Klaus Kitsky. Okay. Trebian. Good. Uh, no, don't say Dr. Dewey, Dr. Dewey. Dr. Dewey. Okay. Dr. Dewey. And okay. don't forget our stuff. I want to go with my sword. Please confirm. Are you teleporting a war criminal? Yes or no? Oh, God damn it. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are, te you are teleporting one war criminal. Klaus Kitsky, yes, war criminal. Confirmed. Oh, you just had to know. Okay, usually there's like a two keys kind of thing. Okay, no, this is great. Very lax attitude from the Cavalier. I love that. Just needed for record keeping. Thank oh, you. Okay. With a flash, you teleport from the bridge of the Cavalier to the bridge of the Forox ship. As you materialize, you discover that what you were seeing on the view screen was most of the Forox ship. Though it's the size of the Cavalier, it seems like it's only this one huge cavernous room. For the Forox are each 20 feet tall. Jesus. Oh no. That's like 60 feet tall for me. There are four of them. They look down at you with surprise and say, Trabian, what are they saying? What are they saying? And I, ca I cock my bowling gun and I aim it at them. They think we want them to eat us, but they're still going straight to eat our friends. Okay, great, since their god is down, and I cock the gun, and I'm going to fire a gun at uh, the closest uh, big pair guy. Now we're talking. Make a laser's roll. You got it. That was a success. Where are you aiming? Uh, I'm aiming. So they're big. Can I ask a little bit, like, do they have mouths or faces, or are they just pairs that are making these noises? They're, like, 20-foot-tall pairs. Right. They have sort of, like, on the bottom, they have sort of, like, short, stubby feet. Most of them is pear. Uh-huh. And they have, they have three glowing purple eyes. Okay. big mouths. So these things are sort of shaped like big bowling pins. So I feel like I'm going to have like a natural advantage Whoa. here. Cool. And I'm going to aim, uh, I'm going to aim like right at the bottom of one to try to like knock it off. Or no, you know what? I'm going to aim at the top of one on the side. I'm going to aim at such an angle that I want it to hit the others to knock all of them down. Okay. This is a pretty, yeah, this is a pretty fancy maneuver. So I'm actually going to need you to roll a second time. You got it. Lasers again. Lasers again? Yeah. Okay, so the first one was a success. The second was a failure. Okay. Klaus, your bowling ball gun flies true, but it's not quite enough firepower to knock this creature over. It just sort of wobbles for a second and shakes itself. The bowling balls inside of the bowling ball guns. They are not, not enough. It needs some sort of more dangerous, more evil, more wicked ammo. And I get a, a, a little light bulb appears above my head. I go, Dr. Dewey! Load me into the gun, okay? Uh, doc, uh, Dr. Dewey grabs Klaus and sort of twists him up like a little towel mm -hmm. uh, to get him narrow enough and then screws him into the barrel of the gun. While this is happening, Trebian, the main Forox you were talking to looks at you and says, so, so, do, do, We are very embarrassed by this whole situation. So, so. We're very sorry and will happily take you to our airlock. It will be over very soon. We apologize for the inconvenience. And then from its body, long vine-like tentacles shoot out and, you know, shoot towards you, Trebian. I try to, st I st try to stop the vines via translation. Um... <laughs> 
A translator as adept as Trebian knows that even movement is a language of its own. <laughs> Why don't you make a feelings roll to see if you can dodge these tentacles? Yeah, okay, we're gonna do the uh, we're gonna do this uh, the dug. Um, I got four. That's my laser feelings. Trebian, do you want to ask me a question? C. Um, do these creatures have any weaknesses that we might have access to utilizing against their forms? Uh, they're very slow. Very right. slow. Okay. So, because even movement is a language, uh, Trebian is able to dodge all of the very transparently guided tentacles. And as he runs around, he realizes that, that this is not that hard. They're so slow. Boys, we may not be stronger than them, but we're definitely faster. If their tentacles keep following me around, maybe I can trip them up. So he starts running slowly as the tentacles try to follow him and try to wrap around the other Foroxes. Oh, very good. Trebian, this is a good plan. Let's make two lasers rolls. <laughs> Laser feelings and uh, a success. Do you want to ask me another question? Are there tools or methods by which that are accessible to us right now where we can turn back our friends and co-workers and peers? Trebian, what a question, because as you're running around the room, you see a large, you know, Forox-sized panel, and atop it there's a button, and yes, your gift of translation extends even to the written word. Exactly. <laughs> and you can tell that this controls the transformation matrix. If you can only get up there, but it's a big climb for a little guy like you. You're only what? 5'10"? Yeah, 5'10". He's not 6'5", like Rumda. Wait, so how, how tall is it above me? Probably 15 feet. Trebian sees this button. So Trebian laps around the Foraxes. He makes another lap so that the, the vines are getting tighter and tighter around the Foraxes' bases. And then rather than go around a fourth time, he starts climbing to that button. Climbing to that button. Please, where are you going? Slow down so we may send you into space. <laughs> Boys, they're trying to get us to slow down. They're trying to send us into space, but not on our watch. I'm inside of a gun right now, just like... And I hear echoes inside of the gun. I hear a good me saying, like... And I hear another one say, Yes, yes, you have the weapon. You are the ammunition. You are the most innocent of <laughs> Dr. Dewey has uh, taken a gunner's stance and is aiming carefully towards the closest uh, Forox. And uh, before he pulls the trigger, he opens up his lab coat, pulls up his holographic Hippocratic Oath, and unchecks the box that says, Do no harm. Nice. Closes the coat, nice. whispers into the gun, Take it from an expert. Klaus, go for the throat. And Dr. Dewey fires Klaus Kitsky towards the nearest Forox. All right, I want both of you to make lasers rolls. You got it. Success. I got my laser feelings. Klaus, do you want to ask me a question? Yeah, um, there's only room for me and one of my consciences to fit out of the barrel of this gun. Joe, who comes with me? Klaus, as you sort of like spiral through the barrel of this gun, time slows down for you. For a moment there in your mind's eye, it's just you and your consciences. They look at each other. They know what you know. They know only one can make the voyage. 
They take a long look at each other, even though they're on different sides. There's a respect there, an understanding, a knowledge. And they know that there's only one thing that can be done. They lock and embrace. It's kind of beautiful, but also very weird for you. And then in a flash... My consciences are married! (laughs) There are no longer two consciences. They have fused into a single, complete conscience. A gray conscience that combines the darkness and the light, the good and the evil, the war crime and the war not crime. <laughs> I, I catch my own reflection as this thing, it becomes me. They blend into one and it become, It looks exactly like me, only gray. And I realize it's not gray at all. It's just that the interior of this gun, which for some reason is shaped like a duck's vagina as I'm just corkscrewing out of there. It's just made out of gray material. And I realize it's me. It's only ever been me. And as I fly out towards them, I say, My name is Klaus Kinski. I am both a war criminal and not a war criminal. But right now, I am mostly a war criminal as I fly towards the throat (laughs) of one of these things. And it explodes out as I just, I go into full Tasmanian devil mode of just like claws and my tail has claws on the end of it and teeth. I unhinge my jaw like a goblin shark, which I'm able to do. My jaw is about the same size as my body and I'm just eating pear as I'm tearing it. Yeah, that's right. This is what it feels like to die. And I'm tearing it up and I'm eating it. I'm eating its throat. I'm eating it out at the throat. Oh my, what is happening here? Have I become food for someone else? Oh no. Oh my. Scratching and clawing and scratching. You see inside of its one of its three eyes, I pop up from the inside and say, hello! And I disappear. I pop up in another eye. I say, hello! And I pop up again. And then the third one, I explode out of it and just like uh, uh, eye humor just like goes flying everywhere as I'm just eating this thing out from the inside. Little fella, what are you doing? How are you still alive? <laughs> and then this forox begins to fall over. But of course, he's wrapped up with the other forox. They all begin to shake and and tumble and sway back and forth. As each one falls, it's like a mini earthquake. You're all shaken. You're all thrown. None more than you, Trabian. There, trying to climb this panel. He's shaking off and he falls two rungs, but grabs with his right hand one of the rungs of the ladder. He then uh, uses his left hand to steady himself as he pulls himself back up, still climbing, still climbing as the shaking knocks him off a few rungs, still climbing, still climbing. The shaking knocks him off again, does the same thing again. (laughs) Um, As he climbs, climbs, climbs to the button. He looks at the coordinates. Using his power of translation, he's able to read the computer language and knows how to reverse the polarity of the beam. It was a beam all along. He reverses the polarity, turns back to the forox and goes, Ciao. Presses the button. You see a beam shoot out and envelop the CSS Cavalier. For a moment, it shudders, and then all is still. And then, a moment later, you're hailed. It's Liberty Balboa. <laughs> okay, yeah, Liberty Slayer. Oh, hey, uh, 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 who are you? What's going on here? It's Liberty Balboa, the CSS Cavalier. Hello? What the fuck are you talking about, man? Just speak. Just use a translator. Liberty. One of the vines reaches out to another panel and presses a button. <laughs> 
We are called the Four Ox. Okay, uh, we're the CSS Cavalier. Can we help you? Yes, we have become victims of a terrible plague. Okay, well, we all got trouble. I don't know what you want from me. We need to eat a specific diet, and we hoped you could help. Oh, you've heard of me. Okay, yeah, if you want Philly cheesesteaks, I'm the guy to go to for sure. Unfortunately, we have been waylaid by three individuals. Hello, it's us, Liberty. Uh, Dr. Dewey waves at the Oh, hey, Dr. Thomas Dewey, I know you. Yeah. On the Bridge of the Cavalier, Liberty, you see a tiny little, like, a one-inch tall man from the the (laughs) Forox view screen (gasps) that is waving like Dr. Dewey. A tiny Dr. Dewey? What the fuck is going on here? It's just a trick of perspective. Hey, why don't you teleport back me, Trey Bien, and Klaus Kitsky, and then blow up this ship? They're bad guys. They don't have to tell me twice. Computer, beam back three from that ship. Now, this is very important. You need to beam back <laughs> Dr. Thomas Dewey. Confirmed. Trey Bien, the ship's translator. Confirmed. And Klaus Kitsky. Confirmed. Okay, now, Klaus Kitsky is a war criminal, but I'm giving the okay. Accepted. Okay, beam him back. (sighs) (sighs) Sacre bleu. Now blows him up before they can turn us back into cows. All right, they're going to tell me twice, and I hit the red button. Lasers fire from the ship at the Forox ship, exploding it. And on the screen, you see uh, uh, like a bowling alley animation of the four ox. Um, They're all like riding an airplane uh, and the airplane just like crashes into a mountain and explodes. And you see uh, back at air control, like an air traffic control tower. You see it's manned entirely by bowling balls who are all toasting champagne to each other. (laughs) In their last moments before the view screen goes blank, one of them calls out. We were only hungry. Is that a crime? No. No, it's not a crime to be hungry. No, 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 Liberty, I tried. I tried to get them to be able to eat other stuff other than you and everybody else we know and love, and they refused to do it. So, like, I was I was trying to help. And uh, Dr. Dewey pushes the do-no-harm checkmark on his uh, holographic Hippocratic Oath again. Lucky for you guys, I'm not in charge of who gets in trouble on this ship or not. I just make the Philly cheesesteaks. So if you'll excuse me, what the fuck? What the, what's going on? My, uh, my, my spatula hand, it's all bent. The fuck happened there? It's like an enormous amount of weight was, like, resting on it. That's so fucked up and weird. You were turned into a cow. I was what? You were turned into a cow, a blue space cow. Is that, Tribian, is that true? It's true. Everyone was, was turned to a cow. They were gonna eat you. Wait, why weren't the three of you turned into, you, that Klaus Kitsky, you're shaped like a little, uh, beach ball now. You're, you got a big tummy from, uh, you, it seems like you just ate a huge meal. Why were the three of you not turned into cows if we were? I guess we'll never know. We forgot to ask. A little alert pops up on uh, one of the stations and notifies you that Dr. Dewey, Trebian, and Klaus Kitsky are all bathed in a tiny amount of radiation. The clear signature of an exploded TV screen. Liberty looks at that and looks at you guys. Did you explode a TV screen? Um, we've got dinner reservations. Okay, well, you're not supposed to explode those. We use those to watch fun bowling animations. Hmm. What adventure lies next amongst, oh, these, those stars of space? Oh, these, those stars of space stars Ali Fisher, Branson Reese, Carly Minardo, 
Christopher Hastings, Tim Platt, and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. Oh, These, Those Stars of Space is edited by Sam Grant, designed by Joe Lepore, and produced by Joe Lepore at Bucket of Milk, with the support of our patrons and our rear admiral, Lucas Wagner. Our theme and additional music is composed by Huge Today. See you next time, Cosmic Voyagers, for another story from Oh, These, Those Stars of Space. Thank you.